And just like that, we're back. Another edition of the Late Kick Extra Podcast. Thursday, July 29th, the year of our Lord, 2021. Fall camp's almost here, and no one's talking about position battles. Well, because we have a conference realignment wave, a tsunami, if you will, going on. Obviously, the mailbag is full of that this morning. But the mailbag's full of some other things. Maybe going directions you don't expect us to go. Kind of like we did about 48 hours ago when we may have potentially ripped a wedding apart. But look. I think a greater good was provided in terms of public service that day. So joshpate706 at gmail.com. That's how you can submit a question or follow on Twitter or Instagram at LateKickJosh. DMs are open. You can do it that way too. Question for you as we begin this morning or afternoon, wherever you're listening and however you're listening, always appreciate it. Do you think I hate any team? Seriously, this has come up. Do you think I harbor resentment in my heart? Do you think I hold some hate in my heart for any program? We are going to discuss that this morning in fine detail. But first, I'll get to the big topic of the week. Oklahoma, Texas, all that has encompassed that entire story. Let me mute my phone. That is actually producer Jordan asking, have I recorded yet? I'm going to tell him I'm almost done, even though clearly we just started. Okay, I won't tell him if you won't. So this whole thing has overflowed the mailbag. So what I've chosen to do again today is I'm just going to give general thoughts for a couple of minutes on the latest. And there is a lot of latest in this story. As I told you, and this has continued since Sunday, this is the highest traffic we've ever seen with the entire brand of late kick. Bigger than college football playoff expansion, bigger than any national championship we've ever covered. It's bigger than that. So it transcends, in a sense, the sport itself because it's hitting on a lot of other themes. Think about this, actually. If you're in Topeka, Kansas right now, and you've maybe been watching this through the lenses of a Big 12 fan, or you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you're a an ACC guy or girl, and you're watching it from kind of a distance, but yet you're still thinking, ooh, this could affect me. The emotions, my point is, that it's eliciting, they extend beyond who you root for on Saturday. You've probably got emotions on this subject that extend well beyond the normal and into, for instance, marrying with how you feel about economics or how you feel about business or how you feel about mega media deals, all sorts of different things. Friendship. How should friendship operate? If I'm a conference commissioner and you're a conference commissioner and we're both lobbying for an expanded playoff all the while I'm trying to steal two of your big member institutions behind your back, can we still be friends? It's that song from Dumb and Dumber. They've been playing it on Sirius XM a lot lately. Yeah, so a lot of questions on the table, aren't there? Well, let's dive in. What is the latest? Well, right out of a science fiction novel, yesterday, I'm at the gym. As you know, I joined the Y of Middle Tennessee. Things are going swimmingly. I actually haven't gotten in the pool, so things are going liftingly. I will get in the pool eventually. My floaties are on back order at the moment, but Amazon will come through for me. But right out of, I guess, a Tom Clancy novel, let's say, a cease and desist letter was sent from the Big 12 to... One of their TV partners, ESPN. Again, the kind of thing that if your nine-year-old daughter were to come up to you and say, Daddy, could you imagine this happening? You would say, go play somewhere. You don't know how this sport works. Well, she's right. And it's happening. So we need to ask her what's next because I don't know. How, how do you progress when you've got a television partner that you are kind of in bed with on Saturdays, also trying to simultaneously disassemble your conference so they can get out of the TV deal they have with you and free up two of your member institutions to join a conference that they want to have a bigger deal with down the road. Ah, <sighs> That's all that's going on. Why do people make it complicated? That's all that's going on. A simple A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K scenario unfolding right here before our eyes. I don't know how it plays out. No one else does. And if they tell you you do, that's the easiest way to discredit someone right now. 
Go find the people who are giving you all the scenarios as if they've already seen them play out. They've read the spoilers. They have the graphics made. They're showing you which teams are going to be where. Those are fortune tellers. Those are like carnival gypsies. Keep your distance. Well, I'm not going to tell you how to spend your money. Just don't expect a lot of return on that investment. So when we don't know what's going to happen, what do we do? Well, of course, we baselessly speculate. That's what we do. That's the responsible way to go about this. So let's just dive in wildly speculating on things that we really can only see the surface of. It's a giant iceberg. And we can see the tip of it, but man, below, there is a lot of shady stuff going on, in case you haven't noticed. To be real with you, we'll talk about this a lot more on Late Kick Live tonight. I have clearly stated my opposition to this, but yet it's happening. I did nine radio hits yesterday alone, and the vast majority of the sentiment seemed to be, from a national perspective, there's this guarded excitement because you're going to get more high-level matchups. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah, you're going to get that. But as I told one person yesterday, it would excite me if we were going to eat cotton candy for dinner tonight, too. It also wouldn't fill me up, and I'd be hungry again in 15 minutes. Meanwhile, my buddy over there who had collards and, and baked chicken and black-eyed peas and sliced tomato, he's good to go until the morning. I am not sure that the reconstruction of college football is going to end quite as fantastically as a lot of people think it is. But I don't want to be negative. Let's bring some positive to the table. The one positive, at least if you think along with me, that may come from all this is that precious expanded playoff looks to be kicked further and further down the road. And you could understand why. This is where it really gets ugly. And if you want to role play this for a second, you be Greg Sankey. I'm going to be Bob Bowlesby. We are both on a committee a few months ago that is tasked with exploring different potential playoff expansion models. And we're working in conjunction and we've got a nice working group here. We're going to present it to the bigger group. And everyone just sits there Indian style. We sing Kumbaya. We sip our tea with our pinky extended, of course. And we finally arrive at a proposal that works for all of us. Well, we don't really know who's in the room because we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, which means we don't know the people we're actually partnering with. And so here I am, Bob Bowlesby. And there you are, Greg Sankey. And you are looking at me and saying, Bob, and others in the room, now I can I can roll with this, and I can give you your 12-team playoff, but you got to meet me on the auto bid versus at-large. Okay, what are you talking about, Greg? Go on, continue, Gregory. Well, here's what I want, Bob. I don't know if you've heard, but I'm the SEC. See, right there, there's the pin, right there on my lapel. I'm the SEC, And I'm just better than everyone else already. And I need to guarantee my constituents that we're going to have as many at-large spots as we are auto-bid spots. I mean, it's only right, Bob. Okay, look, if that's what it's going to take to push this thing across the finish line, fine, Gregory. We'll give it to you. All's well that ends well? Yes? High five? Okay, handshake? Yes? All right, let's take it to the bigger group. And that's where things were. And that's where things still are in the whole playoff expansion process. Well, then, lo and behold, swerve time. It seems that you had two aces up your sleeve I didn't know about. And the problem is they came from my deck. One of them's Texas, one of them's Oklahoma. And you're planning for having half a dozen at-large bids down the road because you think you're going to come close to getting half a dozen of your teams in the playoff. And you're not wrong. And I know you're not wrong. And the Pac-12 knows you're not wrong. And the Big Ten knows you're not wrong. And the ACC knows you're not wrong. And however many of them are left in the future, they all turn their ire towards you. And what's the one thing that they could drag their feet on that they at least have the power to still somewhat control? The college football playoff. So then there's that. Let's just table that for a second. Because there are these simultaneous battles going on 
at least in my mind there are, and that's one of them. What's going to happen to the whole playoff, and will conferences now drag their feet? Will you not be able to get the signatures that you needed? Well, then on the other side, there's a big fear. I have this fear that the SEC is not going to stop at 16. They're just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. Now, Greg Sankey himself put out a statement the other day, very carefully crafted, And it said, yeah, we're making this move. It fell in our lap. We would have been stupid to say no, but we're not actively trying to just gobble up teams. Now, if something makes sense, we'll listen to it, but we're not out there on the prowl. We're not lurking in the tall grass trying to snatch away your teams. And I kind of do believe that's true, but here's what you could also interpret that as. If you guys drag your feet on this playoff, if you go back on what our tentative agreement was, you're going to force me to actually build college football Amazon down here. Because I've taken calls from a lot of your member institutions. It's like, you've got a healthy relationship over there, guy. What you don't know is your girlfriend has called me and texted me five times this month. Now, I have turned it down. And so for all you know, nothing's happened. And for all you know, you two are happy. And you can be happy. We can all be happy. If you'll shut up and do your job and put your signature on that playoff document, then we can all be happy. But if you don't, I possess the power to snatch 15 more teams if I want to. I can take this whole sport down. And at that point, SEC will truly equal CFB. They will be synonymous. It won't be SEC being part of CFB. It'll be fans reconditioned to understand that if they want to watch major college football, aside from maybe a couple of independents like Ohio State or Notre Dame or USC, whatever exists outside of that bubble at that point, they got to come here. They got to come to the SEC. I don't want that. You don't want that. Half the folks in the SEC don't even want it based on who I've talked to. And no one else outside wants it. So I think the way this playoff thing is handled will go a long way to deciding how willing the SEC is to pump the brakes on further expansion. But now that we remove ourselves entirely from this conversation, just remember when you have heard me in the past in a very, very unusually animated way, at least for me, talk about the changes to college football This is why I get so animated. I've told you over and over and over again, the whole toothpaste can't get put back in the tube metaphor is true, but it's also the slippery slope analogy. If you've ever wondered what it's like to see something in real time on a slippery slope, this is it. The sport is on it. You add people telling you, no, we just need to make this one change or that one change. And after that, things will be fine. That's not the way change happens. It's not the way it's working here, is it? All of a sudden, you're on skates, and you're on that slope, and you can't dig in to save yourself now if you want to. You just keep moving further and faster down that hill, and now guess what? You look to your left and right at the people who told you it was a good idea, and their arms are flailing around just like yours are, and you say, hey, what next? And they say, I don't know. I thought you said this was a good idea. Yeah, I did too, bro. Just go along for the ride. Isn't this fun? Of course, that ends in a... Then no one knows what it looks like when the dust settles. I don't even know when the dust will settle, but I do have advice. I think cooler heads will prevail somewhat in this whole dilemma or dilemmas. And in the meantime, because this isn't going to work itself out for a while, we do have a great season ahead of us. And so it's worth it to talk about that. And so that's kind of what I wanted to do with the first 10 minutes. The next remaining time we have here, I want to talk about actual football in this season. Dare I do so? Yes, we do. So let's hop in. Let's go with Rob's question. He said, with the future of the sport starting to look very different than it does today, will we get to a point that we all feel really gross about cheering for what we, the fans, allowed college football to turn into, 
but feel compelled to root for our colleges and the sport regardless after it happens on our watch. I love college football. I don't love the idea that football means SEC. P.S. I'm a Texas fan. I really hate that my team could be one of the factors in the sport turning into something we hate. No, I don't think it has to be this way at all. I was doing J.C. Sherbert's podcast yesterday. I think that'll come out next week. Spoiler. And uh, we were talking about the perception that any given fan or fan base has towards their program. There has to be a little bit of a desalinization process from the who's in era. The who's in era, meaning the last decade and how the sport's been marketed and essentially people being told, if it doesn't have anything to do with the playoff, then it's meaningless. And too many people adopted that mentality. And also, I think if we're not careful, a lot of fans can adopt the mentality that we were just reading here, Rob. The, the fact of the matter is you define what college football means for you. And then hopefully, collectively, a fan base defines what it means for them. And it's not tied into what's being talked about on a talk show. Um, this one will be responsible as long as I'm hosting it. But I know there's a lot of garbage out there. But it's not tied into who's telling you what is meaningless and who's telling you that NIL is what matters most and trying to distract you from the on-field product, which there's been precious little talk about over the past week, which is why I'm about to rectify that big time with our show next week. Because even I realized, hey, we're, we're a little short on the football talk this week. And so my point is, Rob, if you love Texas, you love Texas. If you love Texas football and define what that is to you, the Saturdays in Austin, the burn orange and white, the tradition, your friends, pageantry, family, going back on campus. like You can define whatever that means for you. If that's still there, then all the elements that you love about college football are still there. If they're still playing the game between the lines on Saturdays and it's still the same helmets that you've watched face off for 100 years, well, at least to some degree, then that's what the sport's about. The key here is simple. Stop caring about what other people think about what you're passionate about. There's a lot of abouts in that sentence, but if I'm passionate about something, I don't care what anyone else thinks about it. I mean, unless it's trafficking heroin, in which case I better care what other people think about it. But if I'm passionate about San Jose State football, I don't care what our TV ratings are. I really don't care if anyone else follows it. I would love for there to be a full stadium. Don't get me wrong. But I'm around some like-minded people there. But outside of San Jose State football's community, I don't care what other people think. And likewise, with Texas, infinitely bigger brand and university, there are going to be some people that hate Texas no matter what. There are going to be some people now who were neutral on Texas that maybe hate Texas because they joined the SEC. Do you love Texas? Do you love Texas football? Is it one of the biggest parts of your life and one of the things that your Saturdays revolve around in the fall? If that's the answer, then nothing about this and the change of the sport has to change what you're passionate about. Because I can tell you the sport's always going to be recognizable. And I can tell you that brand's always going to be recognizable, and that feeling's always going to be recognizable. This goes for South Carolina. This goes for Minnesota Golden Gopher football. It goes for Texas. Everywhere in between. The big problem, and this doesn't have to do with Texas so much, Rob, but the big problem I have, potentially, with a lot of realignment, is there are great universities, great brands, and great programs out there, like Kansas State's uh, one that's being thrown around a lot right now, but you can also throw Iowa State in there, where I have some bias towards. And you can... Look at them on Saturday right now. Oklahoma's lost to Kansas State two years in a row. And that's always a place invested in football. It's a place that has a legendary head coach tenure there. And Bill Snyder twice. Good tradition, always invested in football. And those people love K-State football as much as a Georgia fan loves Georgia football. The difference is Georgia doesn't stand to lose anything in this new merger or these new acquisitions. 
Kansas State football could be left out to dry. Iowa State football could be left out to dry, and that's not good. That's what bothers me. Because that, Rob, if you were a K-State fan, put, put yourself in their shoes for a second. That's where it could really turn you sour. Because all of a sudden, you're not affiliated with a major conference anymore, even though you did everything you're supposed to do through no fault of your own, just because of where your pinpoint on a map happens to be, you're left out to dry. That is not good. That is not healthy for any portion of this sport. I don't care how, how big your conference grows at the expense of other programs. That is not good. That is not a good thing. And there are some people probably listening right now that say, hey, tough, survival of the fittest. No, no, if it were survival of the fittest, we'd have one conference, maybe two, and we'd have 15, maybe 30 teams, and that's it. Some of you are up on a horse a little bit too high for your own selves when you say that. And you need to understand, like I've said before, when you advocate for cutting off the bottom of the totem pole and you're at the midpoint of the totem pole, guess who takes over the place at the bottom of the totem pole? So be very careful what you wish for when you talk like that. I'm of the opinion that the sport is better when we have more brands and more options and more choices, not fewer. So, Rob, that would be the thing that could sour me the most. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's move on. So I mentioned in the open, or I asked, I guess, do you think I hate any program? And that's because Kyle, oh, I had something in my teeth. Kyle sent me a link to a message board post, and it was from a Florida fan talking about naturally how I hate Florida. I say naturally, not because I actually hate Florida, but because those of you who are familiar with such things know there's this small but very loud militant group of Florida fans who, who just run around in life thinking everyone hates them. I hate him. The, the guy at Burger King who took 15 seconds too long to get in their extra value meal hates him. That mailbox hates him. Everything hates Florida. Everyone hates Florida. It's just anti-Florida world, uh, which of course is not true. But since Kyle asked, let me address this right quick. You know how foolish this is? You know how utterly foolish this is? So there I am. I grow up in Columbus, Georgia. I have no affiliation to Florida whatsoever. I don't pull for them or against them growing up. No one in my family goes there. I am not a Florida State fan growing up. I'm not a Miami fan. Uh, contrary to a very popular talking point out there, I don't grow up a Georgia fan. I have no feeling. I could not have been more neutral on Florida growing up. And I have felt that way my whole life. They are another program to me, a very, very passionate program. All I knew about Florida growing up was I had a stuffed gator. I don't know where I got that thing, but I had a stuffed gator. I knew the chomp. I knew the swamp. Also, when I was at Hollywood Connection one time in my youth, it's a place, so like a family entertainment place in Columbus. Florida was playing Auburn the next day. So Florida is in town. They stayed in Columbus. Uh, a lot of teams stay in Columbus if they're going to play Auburn. So Florida's in town. I'm in a movie theater. I want to say we were seeing the movie Jeepers Creepers. This is back in the latter portion of Steve Spurrier's tenure at Florida. Uh, so you can see if those sync up. I think I'm right about that. Anyway, uh, the entire Florida team and me and one other buddy, we were the ones in the movie theater. So in a way, I even hung out socially with the Florida football team when I was a kid. Anyway, I'm saying all that to say this. I have zero inclination to have any ill will or hostility towards Florida. I don't. It's quite the opposite. 
So when you get into the position I'm in, let me give you a little inside baseball. It absolutely helps you. It helps you traffic-wise, which in turn helps you financially if the big brands are doing good. And if you grow up in the South and you started your entire journey in the South, then you really need Florida to be good. It is really good for Lake Kick if the University of Florida is winning football games. So either I am the biggest fool on the planet and I actively root against my own interests, or the sentiment is misguided. And I'm going to let you guess which one it is. But here's the most fun part of all this. So when this happens, because this happens routinely, I don't even know where it started. I think maybe there's a stigma about 24-7 in general that they hate Florida. And then since I work here, then I must hate Florida. Or maybe I said something in the past. I don't know. But anyway, what happens is when that starts on a message board, then the majority of the same Florida fans they hop in my DMs or they hop in my 24-7 inbox and they'll apologize for their own fan base. And it's not just Florida that does that. I have found this to be true. I did not know this was a thing before I got on the media side of the fence. But anytime a fan base publicly starts bashing me or whoever, you will see a three-to-one ratio of people that hop in your DMs and they apologize privately for what's being said publicly because they know it makes the rest of the fan base look bad. And most of them don't feel that way. So I don't need the apologies. I always laugh along with them. Half the time, I'll jump in the threads and I'll play along with the people who are bashing me because really it's all fun to me. You're just talking about college football. But no, uh, Kyle, I don't uh, hate Florida or feel that about them at all. I actually pull for the Florida Gator program. Like last year, Here's, here's how much hatred I harbor for Florida. Last year, I picked Georgia to win the East in the preseason. But then I changed my pick. And then I went with Florida. And then I got really emphatic about it. And the Georgia board had a couple of people over there decide to label me a dog hater. Hey, uh, just a bit of advice. And then I'll move on. You know, it is possible for someone to say something negative about your team or pick against you because they just genuinely feel that way or they genuinely expect you to lose a game. It doesn't have to be because they uh, have some animus. It's not because they're a homer of someone else. That doesn't always have to be the case. I mean, if I if I see you as a 14 and a half point dog Saturday and I pick you to lose 37 to 30, I'm actually paying you a compliment, even though I picked you to lose the game because I am picking you to cover, therefore exceed market expectations. It just takes a little bit of setting emotion to the side and proper interpretation to understand such things. And that's not always in plentiful supply in these sorts of conversations. Or look, so here's the deal as we move on from that. We've got a really, really loaded late kick tonight. We had a five-segment show the other night. Normally, we go with four. We may have another five-segment show tonight, and that is a ton of content we've been pumping out, but I really appreciate it because, I mean, you guys have been ingesting it, consuming it, and then forwarding it on. I see the traffic, and I haven't seen traffic like we've had this week ever since we've been at 24-7. At Late Kick Josh, Twitter and Instagram, those numbers have really grown this past week. Let's keep that going. The features, I keep telling you this, but you'll, you'll see eventually. The features we have, especially on Instagram, they're going to be really good. Really good. You will not get this anywhere else. They'll be really good. So follow that Instagram and Twitter channel, channels, at Lake Kick Josh. I'm going to send this off to producer Jordan. A little bit shorter today than normal. Don't worry. We'll make up for it next week. Until then, I'm Josh Pate. Thanks for listening. God bless and have a great rest of your day. 